Uh, these are versions one, two, three, and four. This is version five and six, and this is seven. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny, isn't it? Um, anyway, the purpose of the message is to um, kind of give you guys back the the Bible. Not that it's just that you know there's the internet and there's media and and we hear preaching on TV and and sometimes you know we we uh, let down our responsibility or our job to dig in the Bible because we are exposed to it everywhere and we're exposed to it uh, once a week on Sunday from the pastor. But really, you know, what does, if the pastor says something, I record, you know, I remember or focus on the message he's giving. But really, it's our heart that needs to uh, grip the scripture. So that's what I want to, I want to give this to you uh, back to you, and I'll show you the ways that I've found to do it. And um, that's for first, I want to give you an example. Ephesians 1, the guy from uh, the E3, one of the leaders, we were thinking, well, should we keep having church here or not? And then he asked us to read Ephesians 1. Well, um, we were supposed to read it every day uh, for a couple weeks, and we read it, and uh, guess what? You know, I, I mean, there was a no-brainer. It was, yes, continue doing church. Um, Ephesians 1 is the knockout. I mean, I felt silly, and I, you know, didn't realize. It's the knockout, most encouraging, powerful uh, first chapter of any book. It just says, you know, I've empowered you, and in Christ, you know, you've got it. And so if we dropped the ball after reading that script, even that chapter, I would feel very, very foolish. Anyway, um, but, you know, you're counting on him that he knew what was in First Ephesians. And then, but we also should have had, you know, we've been around the block. We've seen the Bible. We've heard it preached about. We should have known that, oh, he just came up here and gave us instructions to read the most encouraging uh, first chapter in Scripture for two weeks in a row. I mean, what does he think is going to happen? I mean, we're going to be walking this high and, you know, like, yeah, praise the Lord. Anyway, um, and the Bible studies, you know, First Samuel, you know, you go to a Bible study and you're, and you're thinking about this and that or you're looking at the Word, but in the end, you know, we were studying First Samuel one time and it was just plain the story of Samuel and Eli. They both had sons that had gone astray. And then here's Gigi and I, we're having a Bible study at our house. It's about First Samuel. And, and uh, the boys are downstairs thinking about how to get beer from the garage to upstairs. And, and it's like, Okay, wake-up call, because we were busy playing church. I mean, we've done this for years. We just were devoted to the church life, and so we're not paying attention to the teenagers. Big mistake. So anyway, this, that came out from there. And then um, Romans 12, 6, the, the scripture about the gifts. You know, we all, every one of us, has uh, a gift to give to the church. And, I, and of course, we all have the 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 more spiritual type gifts, but these are the practical gifts. We're either compassionate, or we're either serving, or we're an administrator, or we're a giver, or um, we're a person that has a word all the time. There are some people that are very opinionated, and they have a word all the time. That's their gift. Or an encourager. And um, you kind of know who the who has those gifts, and they are spelled specifically out in a short sentence in the Bible, but an encourager will just drive you crazy. And somebody who has the, 
the word all the time, uh, perceiver, they'll drive you crazy too. I mean, all the gifts can kind of, we can drive each other crazy, but you have to appreciate what that gifting is in that person. Compassionates don't say a lot, but they're busy out there worrying about everyone and everything. And servers just go, they just want to serve. Show me something I can do and I'll do it. And, and we're all in that group. And what's so amazing about that is you can almost, uh, um, and well, anyway, that's how we fit together. But one time uh, I, I was a new Christian, I heard uh, two different preachings at two different churches on the North Shore, and they were both Psalm 73, and that's the psalm about the uh, righteous, um, the, w- the wicked um, are uh, prospering, you know, and it's like, well, I thought to myself, you know what, that really taught me something. I thought, you know, God is, has a message for people uh, in, this small, in this area on the North Shore, and he had two pastors totally unrelated to each other, not talking to each other, not listening to each other, not knowing anything, and Psalm 73, I mean, out of the blue. And I thought, you know what, God does watch over, and he is, you know, in there um, speaking to us. I thought that was awesome. And... Um, the scripture that brought me to the place where I could make a decision to the Lord was Joseph. The story of Joseph. He was a young guy. He got thrown in the well. And um, ultimately, he became the, um, he saved the world because he saved up that grain in Egypt. Do you guys know the story, Joseph? Yeah, and, and uh, his brothers threw him in the well. And, and, uh, but really, you know, it looked pretty ugly for Joseph. And he spent time in prison because of Potiphar's wife and but in the end, God had a purpose for him to save uh, many lives, and he did. Um, and then I coupled that with the scripture from James that says, take uh, joy in, um, in your suffering, you know. And he, not just uh, take a little joy, but I mean, just be thankful that you're under the gun and that you're being forced to make decisions that you wouldn't want to make because God is pressing in and shaping you and, and forming you, and so just be happy about it. It's not, uh, um, anyway, that's, there's that story. I'm just saying that you guys have your story in the Bible. You have some, some person that you've identified with in the Bible, or you may, and maybe it's several people. We've all had Gideon experiences and David experiences. And when a preacher gets up and preaches that uh, book or, or um, that experience, you uh, go, yeah, that's, that's where I was at. And so the Bible can be really, um, it's just something that you have to take as your own and grab your own David story and your own Gideon story. And uh, I, have, I have grabbed uh, Elihu because he is, uh, like in the story of Job, I didn't even know he existed till a, a couple years ago. And I was studying Job and I thought, uh, what the heck, here's, here's uh, Elihu comes out of nowhere. He couldn't stand the old, what the old-timers had been saying. He was listening to them, and they, Job's friends, and they were saying, because uh, he was a younger man, and he goes, you guys are saying this and that to Job, and it's all just, uh, it's baloney. I know what's going on, and Elihu did say what was going on, so that's me. I mean, in the end, Elihu did not know what was going on, <laughs> so, so I mean, I, I recognize that, and then in the book of Job, you know that that God did, you know, he had the final say, you know, with power. It was like, yeah, um, it's me, you know. And, and then Job, uh, so it, it, it had a wonderful ending. Um, you know, God is the, 
trusting God and um, uh, but anyway, Elihu, yeah. So to help in understanding how to get through the Bible and how to use it is to kind of convert it for me because you know uh, you get a passage thrown at you out of the blue. And uh, what are you going to do with that? You might understand it. Well, the pastor wants me to be more righteous. The pastor wants me to change this behavior or that. But where is it? Where does it fit? And um, because the, the Bible is a whole package. And in, when you start taking a verse here and there, you can get, you want to stay with the main point and the main theme. Like um, the Bible can divide, be divided in the story of creation and, uh, um, you know, old earth, new earth studies, fascinating. But for me, you know, Genesis is God loves life. And then there's the main and the plain, you know, just the story of what Jesus has done for us and how we are transformed into his likeness. And then there's the end, there's Revelation. If you read Daniel and Ezekiel, you know, it is a very 3D, colorful um, story about how God wins and we win. But, that, but it's the main and the plain that I want to emphasize. It's, it's, very, it's best to stay with the main and the plain, um, especially being a new Christian. Uh, so um, you can divide the Bible into uh, two covenants and two testaments, or two wills, if you mean, if you know, there's the old will, uh, um, and then there's the new will, and there's the new covenant and old. And a lot of these terms like covenant and um, all, the, all the religious terms we hear have been beaten so badly that when I talk covenant with people, they just go, oh, yeah, that covenant church, you know, ah, that's not for me, you know. Or, oh, if you talk about the kingdom of Jesus, they go, yeah, the kingdom, oh, that isn't good. And it's like, and, but just because these terms have been beaten down, they, it doesn't mean they're not valuable for us for uh, discerning the whole truth of the Bible. So you can divide the Bible up into judgment and hope. And I, and like, you know, right in the middle of the Bible, the restoration prophets come and they um, say, um, all right, time's up. Um, you guys have failed to do this on your own. Um, God's going to step in. And in the, in the middle of the Bible, God starts to introduce Jesus, the suffering servant. He's going to come. You guys couldn't do it on your own strength. I'm going to show you. So this is it. So you can divide it like that. And you can divide it into justified and sanctified, what Jesus did, to us on, uh, did for us on the cross. But then, what is, it that, what is our part now in um, growing as a Christian? Um, this is, this is the situation that the, the people of the Old Testament were in. They believed in Yahweh. Oh, yes. And they um, uh, tried every which way to be righteous. But you know, they didn't have one thing. They didn't have Jesus because Jesus was the solution. And if you think that, like, well, I've made a decision for Jesus, and now I'm going to be good. And my wife, Gigi, even thought that I could be good because I'd made a decision for Jesus. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> there is a process. And that process is sanctification. So the Bible can be divided up like that. And then um, there's the story of two kingdoms. You know, G Jesus came and he introduced the kingdom uh, that he just came in. He said, I am bringing the kingdom. You know, it's here now. 
And uh, he breaks in, and, and uh, in the end, you know, in Revelation, the, he, um, we win. You know, Jesus wins, the, conquers the kingdom of the air. But just recognizing that there's two kingdoms is very helpful because sometimes we forget that, you know, because we are enjoying our life. I love sunny days, and I love, uh, I love going to work and, and just doing what I do. I, I just enjoy life. And so sometimes we forget that there is a kingdom of darkness that really reigns, and, the, and not yet does the kingdom of light really rule. And that day is coming. But it rules in part. And it rules through us and in our, when Christ is in us. So anyway, um, help, it's helpful to divide the Bible up like that so you keep the main, uh, so you're on that main focus of remembering that you can't do it on your own strength. And, and um, the whole, most of the Bible is about, I got to say, the volume of the Bible, if I start at the Gospels here, most of the volume of the Bible is, um, is about that, our efforts to, to be righteous and to follow Yahweh, and, or the, the Jewish people's efforts. And um, you, we, we just can't do it without Christ in us and the Holy Spirit. So another way to divide the Bible up is like um, the Father, the old stories in the Old Testament, and the... Um, the gospel, Jesus bringing the kingdom, and um, the New Testament, the Holy Spirit. Well, you, you think that we're not a bunch of uh, charismatic people and we believe in the Holy Spirit and, and some crazy stuff jumping around and everybody has a word. And it's like, um, you know, the Holy Spirit's been kind of dissed. You know, it's like this, invis- our culture is kind of dissed, dissed him. But, you know, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, it's the Holy Spirit. If, if you, uh, back in the day, the early, uh, I know I'm talking fast, but I've just got to get it out. <laughs> and back in the day, the, the first um, heresies were Jesus only, you know, the Father only, and the Holy Spirit only. No, 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 no. I mean, every time they, you tried to take one entity of the Trinity by, by itself or his self, it was non-functional, and it just goes astray. You've got to accept that we're in the age of the domination of the Holy Spirit. And I don't mean to sound crazy and that we should roll in the aisles or anything, but, you know, when, I, when we were back and, and I had a chance to teach two of the older kids, and now we don't have as many older kids, but... Um, the first thing is we started off in the, in the book of Acts. And it's like, what does the book of Acts say? The book of Acts says that the Holy Spirit built the church. You know, that's it. That's where we're at now. The Holy Spirit is still building up the church. And this is kind of an invisible, uh, it's Christ in us. And we can't really see or put our finger on it. But we've, gotta, we've got to, uh, I've got to make some sense here somehow. <laughs> um, Anyway, um, every day, it says in the Bible, we're renewed. And, um, and it says we're physically wasting away, but, you know, inside we're being renewed. And I just want you to accept that, the Bi- that you have to go back into the Bible all the time because the, what the passage meant one day, the Bible's the same, the word is the same, 
But what you, what you will experience and where you are in your level of maturity is going to change. So you're going to see something completely different in the same passage. And you've got to give yourself permission to see that something different and to grow. The Bible is just there waiting for you to get to there. And, and oh yeah, and then to get to there. And then, and then suddenly, you know, you see that the simplest things, um, like Paul, all of his advice is so, uh, I mean, it's so, I mean I'm, not, I'm not scoffing. I mean, I did scoff, but I don't scoff anymore. His advice says, um, don't whine. Like uh, Lawrence preached in, in Philippians, don't whine. You know, you think, well, okay, that's just advice, you know. But you know what? That leads to big, big dividends. And we think it's so small. Self-control. You know, learning about self-control. That's like, oh yeah, you know, some days I'm not in control and some days I am. But, but oh no, these, these, this advice from Paul is like, think about what was noble. Think about what is right. Um, don't be conceited. Um, think, uh, think about, take, be ready to take second place. Think about others above yourselves. You know, those are just like, oh yeah. You know, it'd be good if I had that kind of character. Oh, no, no. Those, those things are what let you, those little teeny, you know, like what you tell little kids, those things can, are opening the door to further sanctification, and they seem so uh, mundane or, you know, it's like, well, geez, I don't have a good day every day. So, But uh, anyway, I came to appreciate the, the epistles because... Uh, when I was first a Christian, I read the gospel and I thought, I've made, you know, Jesus demands in the parables that you make uh, a decision. You know, sometimes they take the parables and they say, well, this parable means that and this parable means that. No, no. The, all four gospels, all the parables lead to one thing. And it's like, um, I'm the way and the truth and the light. Uh, you know, uh, it's either... Make a decision. Jesus demands a decision. It's either me or the other way, and the other way isn't good. So he demands that decision. That's what the parables are. That's what the Gospels are. And um, so sometimes, you know, when we, ha we take Scripture and we pick something out here and there, that's why I want to emphasize the Bible as a whole, because we, we lose the focus of, okay, wait, what is this whole group of Scriptures for? The whole group is, to, is, the whole group of parables asks for a decision. And, but Jesus says it in so many different ways, and then this is what Hebrew, uh, Hebrew poetry does. It'll say it one way, and then, uh, like Lawrence was telling us, in the second line, it'll say it another way. And then um, in the third, it might uh, uh, do 180 degrees. But however... Uh, God wants to, Paul does this, you know, he wants to show us, so he'll say it in one way, and he'll say it another way, and he'll say it another way, and it's like he wants us to get that the process of, uh, of growing in Christ is, you know, important, and he's giving us every clue and how to do it, and, and if you're in doubt, think about this and go there, and um, anyway, I appreciate Paul a lot more than I did, and I want to emphasize about the Bible being living, and that's the thing about rereading it over again. After you've grown and things have happened to you, I mean, I don't read the Bible every day. I'm, I'm busy and whatever, and like this, uh, Dan asking me to 
talk. Well, then that gave me, you know, I had to because you can't, can't come up here and not read the Bible. You'd be in big doo-doo. Right? Like this is the E-free church. This is a fundamentalist church. I mean, you might get away with it somewhere, but not here. And then, um, so anyway, uh, I, compl- I lost my, uh, it's hard to face the truth. I mean, a lot of things in the Bible I can't stomach because I know, and he says, well, this kind of person and this kind of person and this kind of person and this kind of person are not going to make it into, are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And it's like, uh-oh, I'm in that group. You know, it's like, it, it's, um, but that's, but that's not the idea. I, I don't have, I can't worry about that. You know, sin is really uh, very boring. What's really delightful is what God has in store for us. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count on God to change me and um, grow me into the person he wants. You know, the scripture is full. When you go back in the Old Testament, you know, the refiner's fire and uh, the Jeremiah at the um, potter's wheel. God wants to shape us. He wants us to give us the chance uh, to change us. And um, so I love the um, come follow me scriptures. And one day I was talking to it about with a lady and she said you know I've never heard that I never saw it that way you know the come follow me scriptures are Jesus in the in the um, gospel says hey come you know hey you fishermen follow me you know it's not it's not a complicated and and I'm not really here today trying to make the Bible more complicated I just want you to see the the simplicity but also the depth I mean, it's really come, follow me. He just says it, come, and, and come, and I'll make your burden light. It's like, follow me. I mean, there's a whole series of these. They just come. Uh, he sees uh, Matthew in the tree, and he says, you know, get out, you know, come and follow me. It's, a, it's an awesome way to simplify the faith. Just come and follow Jesus. And, uh, you know, um, uh, sometimes you'll hear, uh, pastor uh, give an exegesis of a uh, scripture, and then their job is to give the hermeneutics, the the um, uh, how we apply that today. But now remember, you know they're in the same process you're in, and their their vision of the context of what was going on in Corinthians, they're studying that from another book or whatever, and you know. Um, you're, they're going to different, different uh, pastors are going to find a different setting. And then also they're going to find, and so that's going to change the meaning of the scripture. And they're also going to find a different uh, meaning, a different application, depending upon where they are. In, um, so you're going to hear a good message, you know, a valid exegesis, a good, good hermeneutics. But really, um, where are you at with that? That is only the main thing. It's like, it's like only the main thing is all the scholars have studied this and that and, and preachers have preached this and that, but really it is your hearts that are the most important thing. And, um, you know, I call myself uh, uh, Christiani Baloney, you know. I mean, you can't take yourself so seriously. Scripture is serious, but really sometimes we take our positions on scripture or whatever very seriously to the point where i remember arguing with people about you know just dumb stuff and it didn't make any sense at all and like uh and and you know i knew a lot of uh people back in the uh 
older people that have passed on now, and I, rem I think, mentally think, you know, I argued with him about this and that, you know, I, I love the guy. But I mean, I didn't need to do that. I should have appreciated where he was with Scripture and not have him think what I thought. Um, you know, eventually we will uh, see Scripture the same, our, but you have to start somewhere. And please, start at the wrong place. That's fine. You know, adopt a belief that is going to turn out to be way off, but start somewhere. Adopt, give, it is your, the Bible is yours. So take that and don't worry, God will change it. He will find a way to get you on the path. But start somewhere, even if it's uh, the wrong, even like, well, I'm just saying, I've started in a lot, a lot of wrong places, so I figured you guys, maybe you would too, I don't know. But um, maybe not. So, uh, all right, I think I've, I'm getting it, getting it, Dan. So, so here's the deal. We, we find the Bible, we, we read it, and uh, we let it sit for a while, and then, you know, we're exposed to a teaching here or something, and we check it out. Now, nowadays, they don't use this anymore. I, and, but this was the back pocket. This is Gigi's back pocket thing. And I found that like, if I go to a, a wedding or a funeral or someplace, you know, I got you know, the little back pocket. Yeah. But now, you know, now instead of, um, instead of this, you know, can you imagine trying to look up a word here and then... Uh, this print is so small, there's thousands of places where you can find this, this certain word. And uh, it's like, oh, what a nightmare. But now, <laughs> BibleGateway.com. You know, I put in the word bread, and I get all the scriptures about the bread of life. And um, they're not related, maybe some of them, but they segue. You know, and, uh, and basically... Um, you know, the Lord's Prayer is uh, um, give us a stay our daily bread. You know, and I thought, well, what does that mean? Does that mean God just plain feeds us every day? Well, yeah, of course. And he made everything here. He knows we're well fed. No, give us a stay our daily bread. You know, um, just like Jesus said, it's the word of God. So um, you need, we need to... It needs to, we need to go back. It's, it needs to be fresh every day. And I'm not pounding you to, uh, to read the Bible, but you, ought, ought, you, ought, you should. <laughs> no, there's different versions of the Bible. You know, it's good to have another version. I mean, uh, Gigi and I use the message version, and it's just a paraphrase. And uh, I know uh, super religious people scoff at it because, oh, that's not the real Bible. Well, which one of them really is? I mean, let's face it, it was, uh, everything's translated from Greek to English and everything's translated from Hebrew to English. I mean, we, we all, whatever it is, it's a translation. I mean, unless you can read the book of Isaiah in Hebrew from the stone tablet, you're reading a translation. So... Um, it's good to have another translation. That's what's nice about BibleGateway.com. It's got 150 versions, you know, and you can set aside 
like the, if I set aside the um, NIV with the New Living Translation and I look something up, the, the New Living Translation is so soft. I mean, Steve would be angry. It's like, what? The Bible tells it like it is. And then the New Living Translation is like, oh, yeah, it's like this and it's all right. No, no. And anyway, so you'll find that in different translations. And every um, translator is doing the best they can. But anyway, back to the ver uh, message version. Um, Gigi and I are reading along, and then uh, she said, look at this. And, okay. And um, it talks about maturity. And, and in, uh, in uh, I think it's in Colossians, and it says, uh, guess what? School is out. It is now time to quit, to quit studying and go living it and uh, go live it and you know that doesn't mean don't read the bible that doesn't mean you're done reading the bible no no just the opposite it means that you're going out there you're harvesting your experiences and you're going back to scripture and now scripture which is the living word continues to transform you when i hear someone say that this that this is the bible says what it says, it means what it, what it means, it doesn't mean anything else, the canon is closed, uh-uh. No, the Bible is living, it doesn't change, I'm not saying it changes, but where you're at with it is going to change, and it will do, um, and it'll have an incredible effect on your life if you allow it to change you, allow that scripture that you first read, you know, a lot of times your favorite scripture uh, you have it underlined in your Bible, you know where it is, and I, I run into them. And then, but I noticed that like a verse ahead and a verse behind, you know, another tree is leaning against that. And there's another set of mountains that goes up here. And it's like, oh, I never saw that. You know, I was all focused on Ephesians when it says uh, um, about in Ephesians 4, what is that about um, I can do all things through him who strengthens me? Oh, look on either side of there. Oh my gosh. I mean, I mean, um, look for the context of your favorite scriptures. What, what's going on in that? And you know, you might read it and you go, oh, you know, I was so enamored with that, that meaning and it turns out it wasn't even true. You know, like uh, with me, like um, your kindness that leads to repentance. Now, I really thought, and that's in, in Romans, and Romans is the, you know, uh, opus manifesto, you know, it is, whoa, Romans. And so don't doubt Romans, you know. And then I, I realized, what, in the context of what, where Paul was talking, um, Romans, he was saying, your kindness that leads to con uh, repentance was just saying the withholding of wrath. In other words, I'm not going to throw you in hell. And it's like, that's not the kindness I was thinking about. But the kindness I was thinking about is in other places in the Bible. And God's kindness and his uh, thoughts for your life and your relationship with him, it, it does lead to you to repentance. It's just that I had picked the wrong verse. And then, then the same with, um, I mean, I, Gigi and I could go on and on. She was telling me all of the stuff that she just completely missed the boat on like uh, the old teaching about if your faith isn't strong enough and Peter uh, not being able to walk on the water with Jesus. Uh-uh, not even close. That is not what, the, I, mean, I, I don't know, I'm not going to say. But for me, that scripture does not mean that. 
that, that Peter didn't have enough faith. Uh-uh. It's like, if you don't have enough faith, you know, God's doing what he's doing, and we have faith. It's not about, like, trying to gather up a big mountain of it. No, it's about changing on the inside. And, um, uh, you know, the, the, the higher you go, you know, the, the, the bigger the fall is. So, um, but anyway, she recognized uh, in Job that her friends were saying that she had sinned, she didn't have enough faith, she, and it turned out she had Lyme's disease, but she didn't know why she was so sick, and she was a new Christian, so she thought that all of her illness was caused by some sin, so she went on a, a rampage of repentance and thinking of everything she'd done wrong, and, and uh, guess what? God doesn't work that way. No, that, that's not the story. As, uh, so... Um, Anyway, in the background, there's some music playing. And you're reading along, and suddenly it's like, how wide and how deep and how long and how um, high is the uh, love, of Christ, love of God in Christ Jesus? You know, it's like you're reading along, you're reading along, and suddenly it's like, here's a crescendo, and the hallelujah choir just gets up and goes, it is so big, there is no way you can imagine it. So don't be so foolish that to think for a second that God can give up in any respect because it is that big and that big and this big. And you go, yes! You know, those are my, um, I hear that music in the background, those are my scriptures, and you have them too. And when you have find those scriptures, the ones that really bring you in close, you know, you got to harvest them. You hang. Do you have those a scripture like that? I was just thinking you look like you recognize the idea, and it's like, you know, when you have those scriptures, you got to cherish them like um, the uh, more than conquerors. You know, I hear the music. Oh, oh, this is Romans. This is very serious. You know, and um, suddenly it's like uh, neither height nor depth, um, nor angels or demons. Um, nor the present or the future or any powers, hell, um, or anything in all creation and keep, can keep you from the love of uh, God in Christ. You know, it's like, okay. You know, that really settles it. You know, it's not like, um, well, I, yeah, I, I screwed up yesterday and, and there's really, it's kind of hopeless. This is such a blasé um, deal. I mean, I am, I'm just, I can't measure up, you know. I don't have the self-confidence, whatever. But, but um, those scriptures can really hit home. And, and, uh, and now you guys all know this. But I'm talking to myself. You know, sometimes I just abandon the whole thing and I lose the heart and, and, um, but then, you know, it's like there's a time and I'll get serious and I'll read and I'll go, yeah, that's it, you know. 